Hello, friends. Welcome to A Still Rowing Short with hosts Tara McCausland and Kim Stratford Gale. This is Kim here, and I'm thrilled to introduce this new portion of the Still Rowing podcast. If you've tuned in before, then you've heard the format of our Still Rowing episodes where guests share their personal faith building experiences and why they are choosing faith in the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. Additionally, we have our Anchors of Faith episodes where we invite thought leaders to discuss specific gospel topics. And now we are eager to introduce the Still Rowing Short, a brief episode released in between the full episodes just mentioned where Tara and I get to take the chance to share personal messages, all drawing upon the themes and truths from the two most recent general conferences. So with that, we're excited to study and implement the counsel given by our church leaders and more importantly, our Savior Jesus Christ together with you. So thanks for being here. Ever since I joined the podcast, I've been wanting to answer the question and share with each of you why I am still rowing and this kickoff of the still rowing short seemed like the perfect opportunity to do that especially after listening to this most recent general conference. Preparing and sharing my story with you felt similar to Elder Rasband's message, The Things of My Soul. He shares how taking our questions to the Lord can help clarify the things of our souls. He says these are things we ponder and the things that really matter to us. I've taken many questions to the Lord and in return, like Nephi, my soul delighteth in the things of the Lord and my heart pondereth continually upon the things which I have seen and heard. I'd like to accept Elder Rasband's invitation to share with you a few of these things through the lens of why I am still rowing. So, here's my story. (laughs) By the time I was 23, my parents had collectively been in seven different marriages or relationships. So we experienced a lot of divorce and separation and marriages and integration. Our family dynamic changed a lot, not just in size, but in location, faith, and family culture. Honestly, it was really difficult getting to know and share precious memories with family members, only to have that family dynamic change to the point of non-existence. So then if I wanted to hold on to those relationships, it was up to me because our parents had decided for them it was over. Add to this the animosity between biological parents and then ex-step-parents, and how does a kid do that? What about when during this transition of cancellation, my biological parent introduced someone else into the picture, or my other parent introduced someone else into the picture? Then I was managing saying hello, welcoming a new family, while at the same time literally saying goodbye to the old family. I struggled saying goodbye and seeing things end. It was difficult to say goodbye to parents that held my hand when I was throwing up or held me when my first boyfriend broke up with me or sisters that did my hair for school or siblings that cheered me on at countless soccer games. If I wanted to hold on to all of these moments and importantly, all of their beautiful future potential, it was all on me. How do you do that? There's only one Christmas, you only have so many Sunday dinners, who do you spend it with? And inevitably down this path of chasms and reconstruction, every person in my family dealt with these heartaches differently. We weren't all united all the time. People needed space to find healing 
And sometimes we took sides, uh, different sides. All this to say it was just messy and, and definitely heartbreaking. To top it off, during all these family changes, I got married. Enter in-laws. <laughs> A whole new yet amazing family dynamic to juggle. I've had my fair share of breakdowns because of these pains and changes. They came because it was too painful to let go of the relationships I grew up with. I honestly think that I craved consistency and belonging, but I couldn't have those things in the ways I wanted them. A lot of my prayers weren't answered in the ways I wanted. They sounded a lot like, please keep my family together, or please can I keep my brothers and sisters so we can go camping next year just like normal, or please can my dad stay in the church so he can come to the temple with me for my wedding. My siblings and I grew up in the gospel, but now I'm the only active member. My siblings' stories are definitely their own and their own to tell, but I have to think these changing family dynamics we grew up with were just exhausting. It was contentious and incredibly disruptive. I think something didn't sit right with them about being raised in the gospel, but not being able to witness the fruits of it within our immediate family. I know at least I struggled with that exact question. I've been asked before, why are you still in the church or why or how do you still believe in it? After everything that's happened so far, I am the only kid in my family who still does. And it was difficult to grow up with that much contention and divide in my family. Two feelings you don't expect to be as pervasive as they were while living gospel principles. It was difficult to reconcile that. But I'm here to tell you emphatically that I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and that it has been Christ who has carried me through these pains and trials. So as Elder Rasband calls them, here are just three things of my soul. Three things about why I am still rowing, how I am still rowing. The first is, I learned to draw upon the power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. The power to find healing through forgiveness, through seeing others as Christ sees them. When it came to my parents, I didn't feel like I could rely on them because of the poor decisions they were making and I was hurt by how these poor choices were affecting me. However, the older I get, the less anger I have toward my parents' decisions, and instead this has been replaced with understanding about their lives, struggles, and how they are trying their best, and importantly, the good they did for me. This peaceful change and blessing came from receiving, little by little, the divine gift to see others, including my own parents, as Christ sees them. This doesn't mean seeing them without their flaws. That's important. In fact, it's the exact opposite. I've better been able to see the pains and tender vulnerabilities of my family members, especially of my parents. Elder Holland discusses the dichotomy of the return of the prodigal son and the angry older son when he learns how happy his parents are about the prodigal son's return. To paraphrase Elder Holland, Part of seeing others as Christ sees them is to know another's pains, fears, and despair, but meet it with compassion, love, and mercy. To have that charitable breadth of vision to see others as children of God. I am so grateful for the healing power of the atonement of Jesus Christ to help me see others as Christ does so that I'm not angry anymore. And I hope to always have compassion, love, and mercy toward others, especially toward my family. It's what I pray to receive from them and what I've already received from Christ. There's a story I want to share that I think illustrates this point really beautifully. 
Shad and I were on a drive and we stopped to grab a bite to eat. It was early in the morning so we stopped at a cafe, grabbed some food and we sat down at a table. I didn't really notice the other people coming in and out until one point a woman walked in and she caught my attention. Not because of what she looked like or what she wore, but because of what I felt when I saw her. She came in, ordered something, and then she sat down at the table. And when I looked at her, I saw my mom. I didn't see a stranger anymore. I saw my mom and I saw her loneliness and I felt it. And in that moment, I think the atonement of Jesus Christ was working through me to help me see my mom as a daughter of God and the pains and the sufferings that she was experiencing, the loneliness that she was experiencing. And my role was to meet that with compassion and love and mercy. I'm grateful for that experience because it was a pivotal moment in my relationship with my mom. My relationship with her has grown since then just simply because of these new eyes to see her and I'm so thankful for it. The second thing is I always could feel Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ's love for us, their love for me specifically. I felt this love directly in sometimes peculiar places and at random times and sometimes I felt it indirectly through the service and ministering of others. Regardless, the message was always unmistakably clear, God loves me and he loves all of us. One of these experiences was actually while I was on a date when I was in high school. My date took me to an event where a woman performed a dance she had choreographed to a special arrangement of Come Thou Fount. While she was dancing, out of nowhere, I felt completely overwhelmed by God's love for me. Here I am on this date, and that's when God decided to let me know how much he loved me. It kind of reminds me of the vision of the tree of life that Lehi had and the joy that people felt and especially the group of persons who made their way to the tree holding on to the iron rod. When they got to the tree, they were so overwhelmed and importantly, they recognized the gift, which was the love of God, the Savior Jesus Christ and his atoning sacrifice. They recognized it so deeply that they fell down. It brought them to their knees. And I feel like it's worth noting that since this experience, I've felt this consistent love in my life. And I also, because of this, have felt belonging, which are two things that I've craved being a child of divorce. I think it's really cool as well because the love that I felt is the kind of love that comes from someone who knows perfectly what you are experiencing. And that's the gift and the ability and the power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. He suffered our exact pains and afflictions and our sorrows, so he knows exactly how to help us, how to love us, and how to be there for us. That's what I felt on the date, and that's what I'm able to feel now. The third and last thing I'll share with you is how the Holy Ghost testifies of Jesus Christ. Throughout my own personal gospel progression, I have received a witness from the Holy Ghost about his reality. My efforts to pray, receive my patriarchal blessings, seek learning while at the temple, set personal gospel study goals were always met with an undeniable witness of Jesus Christ. Before I took the LSAT in 2017, I decided to make a goal to read and finish the Book of Mormon before the date of my test. This meant that while I was studying for the LSAT, I was also intently studying the Book of Mormon. 
I timed it so that the morning of the LSAT, I would read my last portion of the Book of Mormon right before my test. I remember Shad was driving me to the testing center. I had everything. I had my Ziploc bag with all my goodies in it, right? Your 10 pencils that you never use. I had one chapter left to read and I read it minutes before I entered the testing center. This experience was so moving to me. I was filled with the spirit right before I took this massive test that would change the course of my life. In that moment, I had a calm and I had a peace. And the reason is because the Holy Ghost testified of the reality of Jesus Christ, the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon, and in the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. So even though in my own family life I was experiencing contention and divide and disruption, the Holy Ghost was my companion. And through the Holy Ghost, I was able to receive my own witness of the truthfulness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So when people ask me, Kimberly, why are you still rowing? Why are you still a member of the church? It's because of these things. It's through the healing power of the atonement of Jesus Christ, feeling the love of God, and the witness of the Holy Ghost of the truthfulness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Friends, these are the things of my soul that I know to be true. And similar to the prophet Joseph Smith, I know it, and I know that God knows it, and I cannot deny it. Thanks for being with me. I'll see you next time.